Hello. Before we get down to cinema, I would like to draw your attention to our Patreon. Regular listeners will know that these podcasts are supported by Quad, our home cinema in Derby, UK. But as Quad is a charity, we want to make Cinelet as self-sustainable as possible. So, to that end, we have set up a two-tier way in which you can support Cinelit. For our 35mm Cinefans, you'll get a bonus additional episode each month where we will be deep diving into an area of cinema that will be exclusive to Patreon subscribers for at least six months before it arrives like a late dinner guest on the regular feed. Plus, you get the episodes a week in advance of the main feed release. But if you want to support us and don't feel that pressing need to have the additional podcast each month, but still want that warm, satisfying feeling of being part of the Cinelit success story then you can become an 8mm Cinefan, where you can donate and get our heartfelt thanks. Head over to the Patreon page and subscribe if you can. However, we know that times are hard at the moment, so please do not feel you need to subscribe if you are not able. We'll still be putting out new, free-to-listen-to episodes on a regular basis throughout the year. Now let's get back to your regular scheduled broadcast. Welcome to another episode of CineLit. Here we are going out searching for a reason to do a CineLit episode, something that will bring us all together and define our existence and define the purpose of why we are recording this podcast. Yesterday, we are looking at MacGuffins. I'm joined as ever by CineLit's resident expert, Daryl Buxton. How are you, Daryl? I'm very good, thanks, Adam. I'm staring at my empty coffee cup here on the table and wondering what, what kind of movie plot might revolve around that static object on this table. Cool, yes, and we, we, we're talking MacGuffins today. Do you, want, do you want to explain for the viewers who don't know what a MacGuffin is, what exactly a MacGuffin is? Yeah, it's an idea that was popularised by Alfred Hitchcock. I'm, I'm not sure that he actually sort of originated it or originated the term, but it's something he picked up and ran with, and it's become identified with, with a lot of his films. Uh, the idea is that um, it's an object or in some cases a person even we'll we'll go on to talk about that but it's it's something at the center of a film that matters enormously to the characters in the film and is the focus of everything dramatic that takes place in the film's plot but that the audience doesn't really care about it could be like a, a diamond or it could be a rare stamp or a rare coin or a statue or as we say it could even be a person or it could just be a person's name. It could be something written on a piece of paper. It could be military secrets. We don't give a toss. You know, we, we just want to see how it affects things rather than what this thing can do itself. So, yeah, it's an entity that the movie plot revolves around because all of the characters in the film want to get it, get hold of it, achieve it, find it whatever the, the drama determines. Okay, so we talked about Hitchcock. I guess, well, should we start with Hitchcock then? And yeah, yeah. Uh, as you've mentioned, Hitchcock fans are obsessive about the use of MacGuffins in his films. They are a little. I think, I think we should start with the quote from Hitchcock. He apparently delivered this at uh, Columbia University when he was doing a lecture just before the Second World War. And then he repeated the story to Francois Truffaut during the, the Truffaut-Hitchcock interviews. And um, he said about MacGuffin when he was asked by Truffaut, he said it might be a Scottish name taken from a story about two men on a train. 
one man says, what's that package up there in the baggage rack? And the other answers, that's a MacGuffin. And the first one says, what's a MacGuffin? And the other man says, a MacGuffin is an apparatus for trapping lions in the Scottish Highlands. And the first man says, well, there aren't any lions in the Scottish Highlands. And the other one says, that's a MacGuffin. And Hitchcock then says, so you see that a MacGuffin is actually nothing at all. Yeah, I mean, on that story, you could argue that MacGuffin's so successful that that's the reason there's no lions in Scotland. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Now, interestingly, the, the first film to mention, I think, in terms of that story, where Hitchcock ends with that line, a MacGuffin is actually nothing at all. Think of North by Northwest and George Kaplan, the secret agent that everyone's looking for, who turns out to be nothing at all. Mm. You know, So there's, I think Hitchcock would have seen George Kaplan as the perfect example. And apparently it's been said that Roger O. Thornhill, the character played by um, Cary Grant in the film, who's the, the star of the movie that everyone thinks is George Kaplan, his middle initial O was devised as a giveaway to sort of signify that this this film's about nothing. Mm. And you, you could even say, you know, that his initials R-O-T, rot, mm. sort of signify that as well, that this, this film's a load of rot sort of thing. You know, it's, it's this great, elaborate international spy drama, everyone chasing each other, all looking for this guy, and he's not there, you mm. know. I suppose the usual suspects is, is, is very similar in that respect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, looking back to Hitchcock, obviously we've got the the early Hitchcock. One of the key examples is the Thirty Nine Steps. I mean, yeah. obviously that was built into the into the original John Buchan novel. But yeah, so a MacGuffin is is also a, a literary device. Then. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so maybe that's where the Scottish Highland thing came from because a, a lot of um, the Thirty Nine Steps is set in Scotland. Scottish yeah. So, so are we saying that a MacGuffin is is a Scottish thing? Then it sounds like one. Yeah, so. it does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so with the Thirty Nine Steps, we've got the, obviously we've got the uh, the war plans. Yeah, uh, the, the, that 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 become the MacGuffin that sends him on a massive journey up and down the country. Yeah, often often the case in films made in the late thirties, early forties, the Sherlock Holmes films, mm. Holmes films with Basil Rathbone that we covered recently, they tend not to have MacGuffins in them. Although I think I think there's specifically the, the the wartime, the famous wartime adventures, the early Universal films were about MacGuffins, they were about sort of secret plans, or, or there's Sherlock Holmes and, and the, the, the secret weapon, where you've got this, this thing called the bomb site, which is this new invention, which is divided up into four parts and spread around. So effectively, you've got, you've got four MacGuffins there, mm. or a MacGuffin that's divided up and, and spread around the globe. So the MacGuffin has, has got, you know, it's, it, it, it's not always a simple thing. It's, it, it's, it's not always easy to define. No. Uh, but, yeah, these early films, sort of late 30s, early 40s, often would have, I, I suppose this goes with the times, you know, we're, we're in a war situation. You'd have spy plans, you'd have um, secret documents, you'd have microfilm, things like Letters that. Letters of yeah. transit yeah, for yeah, Casablanca. Yeah, that Casablanca, kind of yeah, yeah. And again, who gives who gives the monkeys about the letters of transit in Casablanca? <laughs> you 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 want to see Bergman and Humphrey Bogart get together, you know? And then, and yeah, all the characters in the film are mad about these letters, you know. 
we we don't care. Yeah, I don't know. I, I came out of that movie going, no, I could have done with more letters of transit <laughs> in that film. Just, you know, it's a little light on those letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, a masterpiece, you know, a, a, a MacGuffin. Obviously, it, it becomes defined as a sort of like MacGuffin. It tends to be an object. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, for instance, like we talked about the 39 steps, but one of the other key ones is is uh, an, another Bogart film uh, from, from moving on from Casablanca is the, is Maltese Falcon. You yeah, know, the, that's perhaps the classic MacGuffin movie. They're, they're famously, of course, there were three versions of that on film. Yeah. And then The Black Bird, the, the sort of comedy sequel in, in the 1970s, and all four of those movies focus around a, a MacGuffin. In three of the films, it is it is the Black Bird. It is the, the sort of ornamental um, enamel figure of the Falcon encrusted with jewels. In in Satan Met a Lady, mm-hmm. the, the Betty Davis film from 1936, they, they change it into a ram's horn filled with gems just to ring the changes a bit. But then all the characters are still after this ram's horn. Well, that, that, that was... That was- the Satan Met Lady was the first adaptation of the, 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 of, the of the story, wasn't it? No, no that that was done. Second. That Maltese Falcon was filmed in 1931 under that title. Then Satan Met then Lady. Then Satan Met that's right. And then and then, and then the the classic, the Houston Bogey, Sydney Green Street. It is fascinating that they made three versions of the same story within like a ten, 10 years, twelve yeah, year period. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, and and the final one is a, it, arguably the definitive one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what what's interesting is that um, John Houston apparently was asked uh, by the studio in 1942, in early 1942, right in in the in the wake of of, of the hit movie The Maltese Falcon. He was asked, "Can you make a film called The Further Adventures of the Maltese Falcon?" Mm-hmm. And then he, he his scheduling was all wrong. He was moving on to do other things, and he just not got the time to do it. I, I wonder if the Maltese Falcon would have become a name like like the thin man did you know where where it refers to something a specific object in the first film or a specific idea or person in the first film and then just becomes a sort of generic name i i guess humphrey bogart would have gone on to to be called the maltese falcon in a series of movies or yeah, something well, pink panther was a good yeah, example of that sort, it? yeah it's sort of a good job that never happened but uh, in in a way, I'd like to see a sequel. And of course, we we then got one with the Black Bird in the seventies, but it was sort of done as a comedy. What happens at the end of the Black Bird is that um, everyone's chasing round the Falcon, which by this point we all know is a fake. We know we know this from from the the Houston film. You know. Spoilers, yeah, right, well. <laughs> of, a, of a movie that's nearly eighty years. Yeah, old, I, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are we, we going to spoil Citizen Kane <laughs> later on as well? But yeah, the Black Bird. The audience all know, and the cast and, and the characters in the film all know that what they're chasing is 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 a fake, you know. And then right at the end of the film, there's this suggestion that oh, it it might be real after all. So you can you can sort of play around with your MacGuffin and make it into something different as as it goes along. You can you can transfer meaning to it, which which I, I suppose if something's there as a sort of symbolic object. It's it's open to that, you know. It, it is open to having different meanings put on it, and characters may well be chasing after it for their own different reasons. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is there to get a multitude of people enamoured, uh, enthralled by it. So it means different things to different people uh, in in a lot of films. Uh, some people, I mean, we'll talk about some of the more recent examples of of MacGuffins later on. But there is there is examples of two sides of the coin. You know uh, the MacGuffin to kill, the MacGuffin to save. You know, you still yeah. it's the same MacGuffin, but yeah, different. I mean, getting back to Hitchcock, he 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 
even before the 39 steps, he'd already made a, a virtue of, of putting MacGuffins in his films, although not as many as his fans think. I think if you look online, there are lists of Hitchcock MacGuffins, and some of them are, are pretty desperate from, from his, his defenders and fans. Mm. They try and find one in every film, and I, I don't think there is one in every film. Far from it. But the, the ones where it really works stand out as among the best in cinema and Hitchcock was the master of this. But yeah, you you'd get papers, documents, devices, or even even things secrets that were stored in a character's head, like Miss Froy with the coded tune in um, The Lady Vanishes. Yeah. So so you've actually got an idea that's just stuck in someone's mind or brain that, that people are people are then trying to find that person with a view to torturing them, to, to, to getting that out. Again, I suppose Moriarty does that occasionally in the Sherlock Holmes series. But to, to sort of define what, what a MacGuffin is and what a MacGuffin, what a MacGuffin isn't, I think in the Sherlock Holmes movie, The Pearl of Death, you could say, well, The Pearl of Death is in the title and it's the thing that people are looking for in the movie. But I, I'd say that that, isn't, that turns out not to be a MacGuffin because it isn't so much the focus of the plot. People are actually looking for the Napoleon busts that the pearl is alleged to be hidden in. So I'd, I'd say that the Napoleons are, are what we're sort of focusing on. So the Napoleons, the MacGuffin, they sort of are, but then they they have, they they're given a function in in the story. They almost become a character in the story rather than just being a sort of set object that people are looking for. They're they're used in the story, you know. They're they're broken up and then they're they're sort of hidden in all the broken crockery. So I'd I'd argue, and I'll go on to argue with other films that I think there are things that appear to be MacGuffins, but that either aren't or that lose their MacGuffin status as as the film progresses. And we'll 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 talk about that with some more recent films, I think, later on. Mm. But yeah, I I think me and you may have a different sort of definition of what a MacGuffin is. Well, I guess it depends on how strict your terminology. You sound like you're like militantly strict on this, uh, (laughs) Daryl. Ultimately, it's all film theory, so it's open for discussion. But with with, we I think I'm maybe a bit more flexible. I think it's a, if something loses its MacGuffin status because it becomes actively involved in the plot it's, five minutes before the end. It's still been a MacGuffin. It's still yeah, been a MacGuffin point. for most yeah, of the movie, yeah. yeah. That's, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So, but uh, the films we've talked about so far have all been sort of like thrillers, detective stories, action films, yeah, uh, yeah. film noir crime stories, yeah. films that have that sort of like genre elements to where where the plot is being driven by the search for this MacGuffin. Yeah. But it is, it is we mentioned briefly, uh, Rosebud and Citizen Kane. That's the MacGuffin for Citizen Kane, and yeah. it's not a thriller. It's not a, 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 an action film. It's a drama. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting, Citizen Kane, because it's kind of structured like a thriller. Mm. It's it, even though it isn't one. It is a drama. It's the story of this one man's life. It's this great epic sort of journey through America and and in, at a particular period. And yeah, it's got this this thing at the heart of it. And the great thing about the MacGuffin in this film is we don't know what it is. Even we're guessing along with the characters. It's not an object, although we we find out that it is an object, but we don't know that while we're watching the film. All we've got is is a mysterious word. Mm. How how great? How so, great? So when we get 
Okay, that's interesting. In and your how, definition, how, how they turn that into cinema is 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 wonderful. Well, I mean, that's why it's probably one of the, the, well, the most recognised, one of the best films ever made. So, but just broadening out your your terminology of, of MacGuffin, this is just a word. We as an audience don't know what it is, mm. so it's actively involved in the plot, in the sense that. It informs everything that we're thinking about watching and what the characters are as well. As yeah, I, I'd say it's an, it's an abstract idea stemming from that word. People don't know what it is. And because they don't know what it is or, or don't, know, don't know where to find what it is, um, that for me works as a MacGuffin in, in, in a way that Rosebud doesn't, ever take an active part in the plot. It's a classic mm. MacGuffin in that the plot revolves around it. Yeah. It doesn't then do stuff. Yeah. Uh, in in the way that the classic Hitchcock MacGuffins don't do things. They're just there as as the thing that people are searching for. Or in the case of something like Lady Vanishers or, or North by Northwest, it's this abstract concept that people are searching for you know notorious is an interesting hitchcock film in, in this period because uranium starts out as the MacGuffin, and then we get a second one introduced in the form of the key yeah so so hitchcock's really sort of toying with us there and saying yeah you, you can have more than one MacGuffin in the film you know yeah well, keep watching there might be more <laughs> so I, I like the idea about it not being actively involved in the story and the yeah. plot. That's that's my sort of strict thing on this, is, is that the MacGuffin must take no part in the plot and must not do anything to anybody. It must must just be an idea at the core of the film. Okay, so two of the films that in the more, like I say modern, but I mean in the last 40 years, is <laughs> probably more. Two of the films that are flagged up as being great examples of modern-day MacGuffins are Raiders of the Lost Ark and in um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, yeah. George Lucas, if you look at interviews with Lucas online, he insists that there are MacGuffins all through the Star Wars films and all. He even called R2-D2 a MacGuffin. That's, that's nonsense. He says in, in whatever we're calling it, A New Hope or whatever, he says, oh, R2-D2 is the MacGuffin in that. No, he's, he's not. He's, he's central to the drama. He's not just the thing that everything revolves around. Yet Lucas also claims that um, the, the Indiana Jones films have MacGuffins. And in fact, he, he, he also says, interestingly, that he uses the word feeble at one point in describing them. He, he thinks the MacGuffin in um, uh, Last Crusade is, in his words, feeble. A feeble MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. And the one, the one in Temple of Doom, he doesn't like all that much either. He loves the one in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I'm saying that isn't a MacGuffin. In, on the basis that they're looking for the Lost Ark, you know, giveaway in the title, and immediately, at the start of the film, it is a MacGuffin. It's what people are looking for. It's what the plot revolves around. But I, I would say at the point when they find it and when they open it, it does things. It does things to characters in the movie. It unleashes its killer force, and it actively becomes involved in the plot. And at that point, it loses its MacGuffin status for me. Yeah, I'd probably agree. I mean, I, I love Raiders Lost Ark, so I, don't I get do. me wrong. However, yeah, the ending of, of Raiders Lost Ark always frustrates and annoys me because it takes all agency away from its characters. Yeah. Its characters, Indiana Jones, the whip, the gun, the whole sort of like daring-do-adventure kind of guy solves this whole problem of defeating the Nazis by closing his eyes. Yeah. 
yeah. and remaining on a pole. You know, it's just and, like, and, well, and he he isn't the person who achieves no, the victory. Not at, at all. No, it's, it, so, so for some reason, some they always frustrates me that, and then this ties into it. It's just make, making me frustrated even more with it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what about the other Indie adventures? Um, well, I think I think if you take your guide of it being coming becoming fully involved in the plot, then I think the only true MacGuffin is the second one. Yeah, Temple of Doom. The second yeah, one, yeah, yeah. The, the, the the stones. Yes, yeah. the Shankara stones. Yeah, that I guess yeah. he's. I guess they're, yeah. they're referring them as it's, a MacGuffin. It's, all, it's always a good sign of a MacGuffin when when a jewel is given some ludicrous <laughs> name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that happens in in Romancing the Stone in yeah. the same year, and it harks back to Sherlock Holmes Terror by Night and things like that. You know, give give your your trinket a, a ridiculous sounding name or grand sounding name. It's a MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think in the second one, yes, because we don't care about those stones. It's just what propels those characters on, yeah, yeah. and it ultimately becomes about freeing the children that are being enslaved in that and stopping mm. all the money. That's, that's the plot. That's, that's the plot. What we're interested in the yeah. characters are interested in 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 the stone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and even then, it doesn't work that much because as soon as they realise that the kids are all in danger and, and, and are being stolen, that becomes the the the. the Focus of the yeah, uh, yeah. certainly of Indian, but that's great. That's a that's a good MacGuffin at work because yeah. you 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 there's a point in in a good MacGuffin movie. There's a point where you forget the MacGuffin and it doesn't matter anymore. You know, it's it it's, it doesn't always have to be the focus of the plot right up to the end. Mm. It just has to get the ball rolling and get ev- everything uh, sort of moving around it. Yeah, I mean, I, it sits I mean, at the core of the film, you know. Yeah, exactly. And in Indiana Jones' Last Crusade, you know, he drinks from the cup, the Holy. He's, he's literally the Holy Grail. You know, it's it's. I can understand why he calls it feeble because it yeah. is like literally on the nose. It's oh, like a yeah. MacGuffin. It's like it's the Holy Grail. It's what they're all searching for. It's like, well, yeah, it's literally the Holy yeah, Grail. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. but then it becomes a pa- active part of the plot at the end. It's yeah, the reason yeah. why. Um, whereas, they, they drink. whereas the Holy Grail in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, yeah. Is a MacGuffin. Is a MacGuffin. Yeah. And way more fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and certainly doesn't matter. No, absolutely not. No. By the time you get to the end, you know, we, we've forgotten all about it. A lot of the films we've been talking about near, here have, like, ridiculously sounding grand names for the Stones, the Maltese Falcon, uh, various different Death Star plans, or whatever you want to call the MacGuffin. But it can be a person. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be an inanimate object that people are wanting. It can be a person. And the one that I flagged up earlier, and I mentioned it in the office here, and it got a round, uh, roundly like scorn poured <laughs> upon it, mainly because I think people identify MacGuffins as a cheap way of propelling plots. Mm. As, as like, oh, well, lesser movies. Yeah. Have MacGuffins yeah. to take the weight of actually doing a real film. Yeah, that, it's, uh, it's, an, it's an easy way of getting motivation. Yeah. So when you say, film. "Well, that's a MacGuffin in this film," people go, "Oh no, 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 it can't be because that's a great film." Yeah, it's a good movie. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I mentioned Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now, and my colleague in the office was like, "Immediately, like, no, it's yeah. not. It's not a MacGuffin. It can't be." Because do, do you not think as well, Adam, that people are resistant to the idea of a person being a MacGuffin? In in that they 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 may they may push the boundaries of my theory in that they are very very likely 
to interact with other characters and become a part of the drama. I, I think people can sort of see that as well. They say, oh, MacGuffin has to be an inanimate object or an abstract idea. It can't be a human being. I, I agree with you. I think, I mean, we, we, we came up with a list of examples between us before. We've got the Private Ryan, for instance. Yeah, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Doug in a couple of the Hangover movies. Yeah, first yeah. and third one, yeah. And um, uh, Rowan Morrison in, in The Wicker Man. Who, who we we sort of see at the end of the film, but she she's not really an agent no. within the movie. Everybody else has been involved in the plot. She's just a, a name. Even her own mother sort of you know denies that she's there, and and she's she's just this idea that that gets everything moving, you know. But yeah, Apocalypse Now, I absolutely agree with you. So if, <laughs> yeah. if you want to talk a bit more about that. Well, yeah, we were it. just talking yeah. about it. I mean, I, I, think, I think some of the resistance was, because it's such a great performance from Marlon Brando, that the idea that Marlon Brando's performance is nothing <laughs> is, 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 is really galling to that, people, I think. I don't think that's what we're saying. Though. No, I don't think it is either. No, no. It's the reason why all the characters are doing the things that they are doing. Exactly. Um, and, it, and even when they find him, he doesn't interact with them. Yeah. beyond conversation. He doesn't change the plot. He doesn't change the direction of travel for the characters. He, you know, he's just the end point. Yeah. He, he, he becomes a focal point for us, but then he sort of becomes our MacGuffin mm. because we're, we're not interested in him because of stuff that he's doing. We're interested in him because he's been found. Yeah. And, and, and we're still interested in how, having now been discovered, it's, it's like there's this this whole drama going on around the idea of, of Kurtz and then this idea of a drama going on around the, the reality that mm. he's, he's there, he's real, we, we found him. And, and again, he's now affecting the drama in a different way. It's, it's almost here a case of a MacGuffin that doesn't want to be a MacGuffin. Mm. That he's got his own thing going on. He, he's got his own world around him that he, he affects but we don't really care about that. We care about how he's going to affect the characters that we've been following. Yeah, yeah. And as such, he, he almost becomes two MacGuffins again. It's, it's this idea of the split bomb site in the Sherlock Holmes movie. He splits off into something else. We, we've got the MacGuffin of Kurtz, the, the, the legend, the idea, does he or doesn't he exist? And we've then got the, the, the MacGuffin of Oh, there's this real person living in this jungle community mm. who's this incredibly sort of powerful and charismatic figure. I guess a lot of it goes back to how, how strict you want to be on the definition of MacGuffin. And also it's yeah, like, well... Yeah. In, in that sense, the Wizard of Oz works in the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Oz, Oz is, is Kurt, and then, and then they find him. Mm-hmm. And again, he's still, a, he's still this enigma, even when we know that he's real. Yeah, yeah. There's this, but there's this whole other drama. Once they once they find out he's real and they find out more about him, he doesn't do stuff. And it's the fact that he doesn't do stuff and can't do stuff that then yeah, sets yeah. off this whole other drama in the final act. I get, I get, as I said before, I think I guess it certainly depends on how strict your MacGuffin definition wants to be. I mean, if you're a MacGuffin, your thing is a MacGuffin for ninety percent of the movie, then starts to interact with the plot. Does that make it any less? of a MacGuffin, because it changes its status towards the yeah, end. I'd, I'd say not. One, one, thing, one thing you can do that, that makes these figures not MacGuffins is to make a separate movie about them. If someone went away and actually made a movie about Kurtz 
and yeah. said, "Oh, I'm doing this sequel to Apocalypse Now. We're gonna we're gonna look at his story and how he how he finds his way into the into the jungle and how he gets his status within this tribe and what he's plotting and what he's planning to." That he's not a MacGuffin in that film. He's a character, mm. but. We never see that in Apocalypse Now. No, we don't. You, you could do a Wizard of Oz story where we 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 see things from the the wizard's point of view, you know, and that's his story. That's not a MacGuffin movie, but in the Wizard of Oz, he's a MacGuffin. So, like, but going back to Indiana Jones, the the, the Ark of the Covenant, it is a MacGuffin for ninety five percent of yes, the movie. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, and then, then at the then very end, change it, it yeah, changes. Yeah. Does that make it less of a? Does that make it any less of a MacGuffin? For for me, it does because I'm I'm taking a sort of strict view on this. I I would even so, argue I would even argue that it negates its MacGuffin status at all. Yeah, you because know? when I go back and watch Raiders of the Lost Ark for a second time, I'm going in knowing what happens at the end, and I'm thinking right, the search for the Ark is now not as important to me second time around as as it was first time. You know, it, it, it sort of shifts. Now I know how it all comes out, and I know that the arc is revealed at the end, and I know it does stuff. It sort of changes the whole movie for me. What's great about it, though, is that they try and reclaim MacGuffin status for it right at the very end. By sticking when, it in a warehouse. And it's shoved in a warehouse yeah, yeah. with 10,000 other MacGuffins, yeah. which is which is a, a wonderful, wonderful ending, and even better in the context that we're talking about. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's almost as though the filmmakers are aware that they've lost the MacGuffin status and they're trying to desperately cling on to it and retrieve it. I think they do. Yeah. I no, think well, they pull it around. It does become it becomes that, that, that thing that people are searching for. It becomes again. that enigma once yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Um, We've talked about other any other examples that you want to flag up. I mean, one, well, we're one... talking about talking about people as McGuffin. Yeah, so we've mentioned Private Ryan. Yeah, Rowan Morrison. We mentioned uh, the Hangover in, in, in uh, the Dug in the Hangover and and in one of the later sequels, I think as well. He's yeah. used in a similar way. Yeah, a co- couple of others. Back back to back to Hitchcock again. Another classic, and it's one that people don't often think about. Is the forty thousand dollars in Psycho. The oh, entire yeah, yeah. plot revolves around that, or certainly. Uh, I'm not sure about the entire plot. And then the reason well, the, for putting the, the characters yes, in their place. Not, not. I think there are two plots going on in Psycho. Yeah. One of them, all of that revolves around the forty thousand, or is kickstarted by the theft of the forty thousand. Yeah. Even even once Janet Lee has has been killed. Again, spoilers. Her family and her friends then become involved in the plot. Now they wouldn't be involved in the plot had she not been the person who disappeared. Yeah. And she wouldn't be the person who disappeared had she not stolen the money. So it's the it's the yeah. money that's sort of central to that. And it's great that the genius of Hitchcock there is that and the genius of Robert Block in, in the novel is that you've then got this whole other crazy plot going on about this mad transvestite figure who who believes that he's his own mum, you know. Yeah. And the two worlds collide. One's got a MacGuffin in, the other hasn't. Again, Hitchcock apologists and people who love looking for MacGuffins in Hitchcock films have even said Mrs. Bates is a MacGuffin. I, I'm, I don't buy that. But there's no, maybe, no, there's no. Maybe she... an, I can sort of see their argument. I can no, I no, 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 no. I don't think there are MacGuffins in the two halves. I, I think she, I think she plays an active role in. The story of Norman. Yes, she does. And I think she in does. that case, you and can't we, we be... And we believe that she's a character yeah, until yeah. we find out she's not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Certainly first first time through, you know. 
So, yeah, I, I disagree with that. And if you're saying that there are MacGuffins in both halves of Psycho, in both, in both of the plots, that offers a balance to the film that I don't think is intended. I think the idea of the film is it is out of balance. Yeah. And I, I, I think to even it up and say, oh, yeah, there's this on one, the $40,000 and Mrs. Bates sort of equate to each other and are two halves of the equation, I, I think gives, gives the film a, a, a perceived symmetry that isn't intended. That film's not about symmetry. It's about being off-killed yeah, absolutely. all the way through. And so having a MacGuffin in one half of it and not in the other is, is perfect. That's what the film's about. Yeah. Hitchcock seems to be the guy. That, that that strings them all together in spin-offs. I mean, a lot of his stories are obviously involving like detectives or plots or or, or crime stories. Yeah, and yeah. it becomes a trait of though. I mean, obviously the Maltese Falcon. It becomes a trait of those kind of films to have a MacGuffin. Yeah, even Hitchcock himself was doing it in up to the sixties at the very least. With torn curtains, got the the formula in it that everyone's chasing. We yeah. we again don't don't care one bit about that. But everyone in the film does, you know. And even as far as Frenzy, I would say, Frenzy doesn't really have a MacGuffin, but one scene in Frenzy does, which is the, the lost tie pin. Mm. So Hitchcock's doing a little mini MacGuffin within within the, the central drama there. So right up almost to the end, he's, he's, he's sort of pulling off, off the trick. And even managing to, to sort of change the idea of what a MacGuffin is, you know, not having the whole film revolve around it, having this one important scene revolve around it. Yeah. And yeah, hugely influential on, on sort of every other thriller that that, that came out from about nineteen forty onwards. <laughs> yeah. I suppose if you if you think I mean we're talking about people as 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 MacGuffins as well. Hitchcock had been there and again it's it's from the source novel, but he'd he'd been there with the Mrs. De Winter in Rebecca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who we don't even ever see, you know, yeah, and and and, name, and, so. and the, you mentioned the lady vanishes as well. You know, lady vanishes again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we do we do sort of eventually see her, but but yeah, the entire plot is about. Well, again, we we've got a MacGuffin within a MacGuffin there <laughs> yeah, because yeah. she's got a secret and she's vanished, and everyone's yeah, yeah. looking for her so they can get the secret. So it's a Russian doll. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and also it's like. Yeah, she becomes the MacGuffin three ways, three quarters away, halfway through the movie, whatever. When she when she vanishes, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, another good, another good example. Should we get on some more modern films? This, this, there's a couple of good ones. I obviously that that speaks that lineage of the Big Lebowski and yeah. his his quest for the rug. The rug, yeah, um, it matters. It's the big thing in life for Lebowski. Yeah, and, uh, we we don't care one jot. So. No, but it really ties the room together, it so it's fine. It ties the film together. It ties the film yeah, together yeah. as well, yeah, exactly. But but that's up from the lineage of, of the Maltese Falcon and and those kind of movies. But I suppose the the, the biggest one is like some of the, mo- the most successful films of all time, uh, two of the most successful films of all time, Time, the Avengers films recently yeah. are all MacGuffins. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. And, and we only really find that out as they progress. We get we get towards the end of the saga, and these things called the Infinity Stones suddenly come into play. And then when you go back and watch all of the earlier films, you're you're sort of thinking about those. And I think there's a lot of other stuff you're thinking about as well when you rewatch, you know, from Iron Man onwards. We, because we know what's coming, it's sort of the reverse of what I said about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Because we know what's coming, and and we know that part of that is is this thing that everyone's looking for. You know, I think that that infects 
our view of those earlier films when we rewatched them. Yeah. But yeah, certainly within within the films themselves, where where the stones come into play, they they are a, a classic MacGuffin. We've got twenty seven film MacGuffin. Yeah, uh, yeah, series yeah. There. <laughs> and, and e- even though arguably you could say they're sort of the same as the Ark in that they do stuff, but I I would say the stones themselves don't do stuff in the way that the Ark does. You know, I, I think they they need a controller. They need yeah, yeah. someone. It's the person that does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I mean, and they it's... need to be collected together. That's the point. And that for me is a classic MacGuffin. It's again, it comes back to the the, the bomb site in, mm. in the Sherlock Holmes film. They again have been have been divided and thrown across the galaxy, and it's a question of going on on and and, and locating them all, bringing them together so that you can achieve your aim. But the stones themselves are inanimate objects that only have this power when they come together, and so yeah, they're a MacGuffin in the way that the Ark isn't for me. Yeah, yeah. Any any other examples you want to flag up as good examples or indeed bad examples? Yeah, I do. I, I want to I want to mention just briefly another podcast favourite, um, the cassette in Escape from New York. Yeah. Which is an unusual MacGuffin in that we, we, we quite often see it or hear it. We don't just hear people talking about it, you know. Yeah. We see it or we see a cassette in operation, you know. And again, as it turns out, there there are two, you know. Yeah. There's the real one and, and the, 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 the fake one or, or the, the, the substitute one. Yeah, one, one point I want to bring up is to compare the films Kiss Me Deadly and Pulp Fiction. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Pulp Fiction. Because obviously modern audiences would, would talk about Pulp Fiction as being a MacGuffin. Yeah. It's a tricky one because it's... I'm saying, it. I'm saying it is. And I'm, saying but the it's... Film, I'm saying the film that inspired it or the film that inspired its MacGuffin, mm-hmm. Kiss Me Deadly, that also has a suitcase that is filled with, with some kind of glowing substance or some kind of strange material... In Kiss Me Deadly, I would say it's not a MacGuffin because, again, it's like the Ark. When we see it opened at the end of the film, we see its power. We see what it can inflict on the world, which is apocalypse, mm. basically. For that reason, it's, it's, it's exactly like the Ark. It's a thing that everyone's searching for, and then when they find it, some idiot opens it, and we see what it can do, and it becomes a character in the drama. In Pulp Fiction... They open it, but very, very cleverly, they don't give away its secrets. They keep us guessing, and it remains a MacGuffin. I would say there's a there's a subtle difference there. Okay, so so my counter argument to that is that which we always want to hear. Oh, yeah. exactly. In 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 a way that for, okay, for instance, so, so like comparing it to like the Raiders of the Lost Ark, for instance, or Kiss Me Deadly, Kiss Me Deadly. That's a MacGuffin for ninety nine percent of the movie, right? Yeah. And then at the final scenes, the final reckoning, yeah, it, yeah. it starts becoming a MacGuffin. Great opening, yeah. In Pulp Fiction, that's a MacGuffin for thirty percent of the movie. Yeah, but it's a MacGuffin for for if you divided up the stories in Pulp Fiction and made them into a conventional anthology rather than splitting the scenes across each other and interlacing them all, it's a MacGuffin in one of those stories. Yes, so for 30% of the film. Yeah, but in, in a complete drama, though, in a complete yeah. A to Z drama. Okay, I kind of buy that. I yeah, kind yeah. of buy if that. It was, if you take that as an individual episode rather than mixing it all in with the others, 
rather than describing it as 30% of the movie, describe it as a 30-minute film. Yeah, And it's okay. the MacGuffin in a 30-minute But Pulp Fiction film. isn't a 30-minute film. Well, but, but, no, but, 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 equal, but equally, like, like you said, it, it serves the role of a MacGuffin because the characters are searching for it, but they don't really care what it is. They've just, yeah, they yeah. just been employed to get it. And then, it uh, doesn't then dictate the, the, yeah. uh, any change in the drama or change in them when they do open it. And I think the genius is they find out what's in there and we are we are never told, so it retains its its enigmatic status. Is that is that Nick's from Repo Man? Because uh, the Repo Man they do a similar thing, don't we? The boot. Yeah, yeah. A- yeah. Again, a- which go. again is lifted from Kiss Me Deadly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but equally, but in both Repo Man and Pulp Fiction, they don't reveal what's no, in no, what's no. in the So trunk. again, I I I'd say that. I I don't I don't quite know that it's used as a MacGuffin in in Repo. No, it's not. Right? No, it's just um, a cool scene. It's, it's, it's sort of part of of the drama. Um, so it's, it's something different there. It doesn't really come into this discussion, although I can see why you've thrown it in mm. because it, it it is the missing link between Kiss Me Deadly and Pulp Fiction. But interestingly, Alex Cox doesn't seem interested in using it as a MacGuffin. He's more interested in because he he doesn't use a, a, a case in you know it's, it, no. it, it is the boot of a vehicle. So it's the idea from Kiss Me Deadly, but it's a different. Yeah, different it, usage. Yeah. It's literally a different vehicle. Yeah. You know, it is actually a vehicle here, and it's a it's a different um, you know type of thing, and it's it's not used in a dramatic sense as the thing that, that the plot revolves around in the way that it is in in Pulp Fiction or part of Pulp Fiction and in in Kiss Me Deadly. But yeah, the the, the three films would make a hell of a triple bill. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'd, I'd agree. As I say, I, I, one quibble of it being part of a section of a bigger story where it doesn't really because the, the, one of the one of the key roles of a MacGuffin is it's the thing that everyone wants, the thing that everyone's driving for, the thing that drives the plot. And Bruce Willis doesn't give a shit about that briefcase. No, Most a lot of the characters in Pulp Fiction don't give a crap yeah. about that but briefcase. In, in that particular strand, yeah, the, the Jules and Vincent strand, it's a MacGuffin. Yeah. You know, to them. So, yeah, it, yeah. It, it isn't in the whole of Pulp Fiction, but it is in that individual episode, if you if you can treat it as an episode. You know, it's all down to the way Tarantino edited the film that is, is yeah. confusing its status there, I think. And any more from you then, Adam? Have you, have you got any other examples to throw in? The stories where it is the goal the goal rather than a MacGuffin. Yeah. So it's like, we need to do this because yeah. this person needs to go somewhere. A, at the class, end. a classic where the whole cast are involved is uh, it's a mad, 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 mad mm, yeah. world yeah. with the, the, the big W. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so it, 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 things like that. I was just, um, I don't know whether they're MacGuffins or are they, are they just, just plot goals? Yeah. yeah, yeah are they just yeah, plot yeah, goals. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, uh, the beer, in Smokey, yeah. Uh, yeah. in Smokey and the Bandit, I, I think the thing with those is you sort of know that they're going to be found at the end of the movie. Yeah, you, you think if so, uh, that's the point. I think if a lot of people are looking for something, you sort of know that that you we we know that the third the end of the third act is going to be oh they there's some of them find it you mm. know and it's it's the target of a quest rather than being. The thing that the so it is does, around. But, I think there is a subtle difference. But that's kind of the Maltese Falcon. That's kind of Romance in the Stone. I, I, yeah, I think the difference there is you, you've 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 got an object to focus to on. Focus you've, on, you've, yeah, you've yeah. got a physical object rather than a, a quest. So a search for enlightenment isn't isn't uh, isn't. Romantic. I'd say that that that's not really the point of what a MacGuffin is. I, I think that that becomes a drama in itself. Yeah. 
and that becomes part of the job. And I think I think ultimately it was the, the the whole MacGuffin idea was defined to be that thing that I don't care about, you don't care about. Yeah, yeah. But it just gets us gets us into the yeah. mode to tell yeah, the, the story. The Maltese Falcon isn't a spiritual quest, whereas no. I, I I think you know the the sort of thing you're talking about can become that, which is which is why the the ring in Lord of the Rings probably isn't a MacGuffin in in that sense. It is a symbol of something, but I, I, I think... It affects the drama, though, yeah, doesn't it? It, it, it does, but I, I, I think there's this layer of all, almost a sort of religious, if you like, mm. layer to it or spiritual layer to it that I, I think just takes it out of the realm of being a, a hard MacGuffin. Yeah. It's, it's sort of half and half, you know. I mean, it, I, would, it, I would say, I would say that actually, yeah. if anything, I think, I think regardless of the spiritual nature of it, I think it, it's an active character yeah, again, in the plot it does, it does that, take on a, a, a lost art status to a point yeah yeah, yeah i mean yeah, but, yeah. but it's all the way through the movie yes, as soon as yeah, he, as yeah. soon as as soon as frodo has that ring it's yeah. exerting its influence it on him or it, changing it affects what exactly yeah. yeah so yeah. in that way it's not really a mcguffin even though everyone's looking for it and yeah. it, it's the whole plot revolves around it it's an active yeah. part of that but if someone plot. came to us and said yes it is a mcguffin i i don't think i'd i'd have the heart to argue with them oh i would lord of the rings fans <laughs> screw you guys <laughs> fair, enough. fair enough no i wouldn't we've, no. we've, we've just lost about 70 percent of our audience uh, talking of percentages i i i'm not only joking i like the lord of the rings films um but yeah i think there's an argument to be made that because because of the influence it has on that lead on our lead character maybe the MacGuffin status is, is affected. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's, that's as far as I'm willing to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think the difference between a quest movie and a MacGuffin movie can be seen in something like Jaws, where, where the idea that, that there's this shark out there is the thing that propels the plot. Mm. But, but then there's, there's this whole second act where they actually go out and confront it mm. and it becomes a character in the drama. And I, and I think it always is, you know, it, from, from the start, it's, it's a character that's yeah. doing things. It attacks someone in the first five mm. minutes. It, it ain't a MacGuffin, even though it achieves the effect of a MacGuffin. So I think there is there is a, a, a difference. A MacGuffin yeah. is something much, much more focused. Than and I think also, I mean, you know, just, just going back to Lord of the Rings, they've, I think it's MacGuffin status is probably more of a MacGuffin in The Hobbit, yeah. where it is the search for the ring yes. in some ways. You know, whereas the thing they've already got it. Mm. It's you know, it's not we're not we're not we're not searching for it. It's not a part of the drama. We're not going to get revealed or anything like that. It, they've already got it. It's in his hand. Yeah. You know, he's he's, he's got to take it and throw it in a volcano. That's the plot. Yes. You know, so I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, 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 could, I could I could see myself arguing into the wee hours with yeah, a lot yeah. of the Rings fans. I, 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 I think there's such a thing as the Quest movie, and you can call Jaws a Quest movie, yeah. but it isn't a MacGuffin movie. And therefore, I'd say Quest movies can be MacGuffin movies, but they, they sort of sit just above that. They, they're, they're like a separate strata of cinema. I mean, Jaws, Jaws is, is it's more like a slasher movie in some ways. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, you've got a killer, it's killing lots of people, three people go out to kill the killer. Yeah, that's ultimately what it was. The fact that it's a shark is kind of yes, yeah, yeah, just a plot. You know, it's just a story. You know, but it's not. It, it, I don't think it's a MacGuffin. Yeah, but I'm using that as an example yeah, yeah. to sort of emphasise that there is this different. You know, there's such a thing as the Quest movie, and there's such a thing as the MacGuffin movie, and some films sit outside that. Which Jaws, Jaws is is purely a Quest movie mm. with elements of of horror slasher 
one body count movie mm-hmm. to it as well. So, yeah, the Quest movie can be a MacGuffin movie, but isn't always. And therefore, I think the whole genre, subgenre of Quest movies can be seen to sit outside of this discussion, which means that Lord of the Rings doesn't really count. And I think some Quest movies have, have, have multiple concerns in their plots. It's not really about the quest, it's about the journey the characters are going yeah, on. Yeah. And sometimes those journeys have nothing to do with either the plot or the, or the MacGuffin. Yeah, so again, the, you know, again, that that's sort of expanding on the idea of what a MacGuffin is because if, if, if you've got a film where you're saying there's a MacGuffin, but then the characters are sort of doing stuff that is not influenced by that, mm. that is influenced by other aspects... Yeah, you're you you you're losing that MacGuffin status because suddenly that isn't the important thing. That isn't the Maltese Falcon at the heart of the drama. No, exactly, and 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 it's all fluid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all it is, fluid. Which is great, which, is, I mean, which gives no, us something to talk about. There's no MacGuffin yeah. police uh, no, no, no. going around saying, "Hang on a minute," you know, it's becoming an active in character. Yeah. That's a style that back. As I say, Hitchcock pulls out the the tie pin in Frenzy and changes the whole game by saying, yeah. "Right." There's a MacGuffin in two minutes of this film. You yeah, know, deal yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Lovely. Thank you very much, Daryl. Um, Thanks, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will be back again in a couple of weeks' time with another great podcast. In the meantime, please do like us on Facebook. Please do um, check out our Patreon if you feel so inclined for our next episode of Cinelic Goodness every month. We will see you soon. Take care.